you are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz. It's here, real basketball. We need to talk about stuff that's real, not numbers or preseason. Oh, wait, no, we have one more day of doing that. We'll do that. We'll speculate. We'll look. We'll get excited for the opener, plus the value of shot distribution in Toronto's win last night, a dig into the thunder, and all the questions that are finally going to have at least one data point of sample size. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked On Jazz for the 23rd of October as the Jazz open the NBA season tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's the day where kids go to school wearing their Jazz jerseys because they're fired up for the season to start. You gotta love it. Gotta love it. Uh... So we will dig in, we'll kind of touch on all the things we're looking for and going to see, we'll dig into the thunder, and then uh, we'll look at last night, some of the last night's action uh, on today's show. I've been mentioning it all week, but I want to make sure you realize we're also close to the snowmobile show opening up. It is uh, the biggest snow show of the year, and it's absolutely fabulous. It's happening uh, this weekend, it starts Friday from 3 to 9, Saturday 10 to 6. It's at the Mountain America Expo Center on State Street in Sandy. You can get your discounted tickets online at snowest.com slash Utah. That's snowest.com slash Utah. It is the Snowmobile Show presented by Fly Racing, Utah Snowmobile Association, and Snow West. And it's at the Mountain America Expo Center. It's incredible. It's the premier snowmobile show, not only for the state, the whole Intermountain region. People come from all around to be a part of it. There are going to be booths from Arctic Cat, Ski-Doo, Polaris, filled with all of the 2020 snowmobile models, mountain sleds, kids' sleds, family sleds, all going to be there. Check it all out. They've got a Diesel Brothers. We'll have one of their custom-built trucks there. Great deal of fun. All your new riding gear, coats, snowshoes, pants, boots, helmets, gloves, backpacks. Snowmobile show. 3 to 9 Friday, Saturday 10 to 6, discount tickets at snowwest.com slash Utah. All right, we finally get the answers. What will Mike Conley do for Donovan Mitchell? What will Donovan Mitchell do for Mike Conley? I think that's it. Donovan at practice yesterday was just amped and ready. Like you could see him picking up a different level of intensity you could feel it around practice yesterday that they were a day away. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, you can you can see, you know, the question of, and we're going to find out, like how much did preseason really matter? How much did the fact that, you know, they, they were that bad defensively? And it, you could feel an uptick, pretty considerable uptick in what you were seeing out of the team, out of the guys in practice the last two days. Uh, there's just been an intensity pickup. There's been Donovan is just, I think he looks great, but he's just got a a, a bounce to him. And it's going to be really fascinating to watch. I mean, I think the biggest thing to watch with both Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell to me, and, you know, it's, we're going to have a, we're going to overdo a sample size of one, but is how many shots they both end up taking late in the shot clock. How does the offense move? Is there so much space that they get available? And does it keep them both? out of just the huge burden they had in the shot clock. Now, 
Many of you have heard me talk about this, I'm assuming, and I'm looking at the numbers. We have a lot of new listeners. I'm so glad to have you with us. We do this for you every single day. If you're new to Locked On Jazz, I love it. Uh, we'll be here every single day for you uh, during the season. But if you, if you look at Mike Conley last year, he used 27.6% of his possessions in the final seven seconds of the shot clock. He shot 34% on those shots, 33.5. I'm actually being generous. Uh, his three-point shooting was 27%. Those were bad looks for Mike Conley last year. With now Donovan Mitchell on the floor, does he no longer have to have those? Donovan Mitchell last year got stuck in late-game situ- late cl- shot clock situations with no other options. I mean, really not even a lot of pass options. Uh, can he, does this somehow do free him he wasn't at 27 percent in the same kind of crazy way that Mike Conley was but Donovan Mitchell last year was at 19 percent he shot 45 percent from four to seven on the shot clock which was okay but zero to four on the shot clock Donovan Mitchell last year in nine percent of his possessions in the final four seconds of the shot clock shot 25 percent He shot 19% from three in the final four seconds of the shot clock last year. Can the Jazz avoid those types of possessions? I don't think that Bojan Bogdanovic is necessarily the answer to those, but he's bigger, he's stronger, he's physically maybe a little bit more imposing. He's probably more likely to get it on a kickout than he is to create something, but he's better at these things. He shot... 39% 39% the final seven seconds of the shot clock last year. Uh, 39% in from the field goal percentage and 27% from three. Those are hard shots. And he's usually probably getting that off of other people. He used 8% of his possessions. Is he going to be able to lessen that burden? So what does Mike Conley do for Donovan Mitchell? What does Donovan Mitchell do for Mike Conley? Donovan Mitchell had a fabulous preseason. Like this is... If there's going to be a jump, this is it. Year two to year three. It's not year one to year two when you had a good rookie year. That that was just a false narrative that was out there, and I don't know who was pushing it, and this garbage that Donovan had a bad year last year is exactly that. It's total garbage. But the year that when you jump is when you go year two to year three. You understand how to prepare a little bit better. You understand what your body's been through, and now you're ready to go, and you make that next step. So what are we going to see from Donovan Mitchell? Like, I think that's going to be one of the huge parts of the season, but it also flies into the question of how much does Donovan Mitchell get helped by Mike Conley and vice versa. That, that to me, one of the biggest stories. The other one, is this team that good offensively? Top five offensive team in the preseason. The death lineup was absolutely fabulous in the preseason. Um how much do they do it? What are the rotations? The Jazz coaching staff has worked hard on this, worked at it. They right now seem fairly set on Joe coming off the bench as a um, as a kind of sixth man Manu Ginobili type. Is that really the right answer? Does do Jeff Green like who guards Anthony Davis on Friday? Because he played all forty eight minutes as power forward. Is that really going to be Boyan Bogdanovich? Is that really going to be um, the going to be Jeff Green? Uh, I I don't know the answer to that. I I think that one's going to get a little tricky to see whether or not uh, that's actually where, you know, where we head on some of these uh, and see whether or not that's 
whether the coaching staff really is willing to go. That, that's, a, that's the one gap kind of in how this team's been built is what are we doing in those type of circumstances? So uh, it'll be, that will be super interesting to see. In night one, it's not going to be that big a deal in the matchups uh, because their power forwards are kind of Danilo Gallinari. And then, you know, frankly, Oklahoma City doesn't have 48 minutes of basketball. But Gallinari's 6'10", 225, scored 20 points a game last year. And that's a bona fide score. If we have a mismatch there, they're going after it. Their backup power forward is probably Mike Mascalas. He might at 6'11", 240, and he just shoots outside threes, 36% career three-point shooter. It might be 6'5", 245-pound Deontay Burton, who played at Iowa State, was undrafted, and is probably not entirely you know, set as an NBA guy yet. Um, so I'm not sure, I, I'm really not sure necessarily where this team is going to go, uh, where they're going to go for their next power, for, you know, for their power forward. So it'll be interesting uh, to see how often do the Jazz, what five-man lineups, what combinations, how do they use Moutier? Do the Jazz split Donovan Mitchell and Boyan Bogdanovich the whole time? There's a lot of really fun things um, for us to keep an eye on in this ball game and see, see where teams, how, how the Jazz play this out, because now it's time. And the other one that was obvious yesterday at practice, like there just is nothing left in the gym. There's, there's just the team, right? There's 17 guys because the two-way guys are there. You know, there wasn't the rest of the crew, a bunch of nice players, good guys. There weren't the G League coaches. There weren't, you know, coaches from across the country watching. It was just down to brass tacks and the guys that, matter and you could feel the difference in the gym yesterday today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at stealth media eric and the crew at stealth media are doing a really neat job i've gotten some feedback from people that the uh eric and what he's done over at stealthmediatv.com is uh with the the man cave tv's better deal than best buy have been a hit for some people so appreciate um you guys jumping on that and uh, supporting Stealth Media. So if you are looking to uh, get your DirecTV, get your Sunday NFL ticket, get a better media package for yourself, particularly if you're going to combine your DirecTV and your AT&T and take it with you, then you're in business because that is what Stealth Media does for you. Call Eric at 385-399-4186. That's 385-399-4186. 399-4186, stealthmediatv.com. Plus, Eric's got a $100 gift card for you uh, if you tell him you're with Locked On Jazz. Best coverage, save money, take it on the go. Best quality HD network. If you combine your DirecTV and AT&T, you save even more. Plus, you get the 72-hour rewind, and you can take your AT&T with you, uh, or take your DirecTV with you with your AT&T and watch it. It's all at Stealth Media. Call Eric, 385-399-4186. 385-399-4186. Get ready for the NBA season. You want all the packages. Do it with Eric at 385-399-4186. Locked On NBA shows are there. The Locked On NBA show Thursdays. I'll be with Ben Golliver every Thursday. We'll record that late tonight after the Jazz game and after he goes to the games he's going to. Hollinger and Duncan show is up for you. Sitting on the top of the iTunes charts with former NBA executive John Hollinger and NBA stats guru. They've been sitting in the top 10, top 20 of the iTunes charts all week long. And I really am enjoying rejecting the screen. If you have not grabbed rejecting the screen yet, uh, do so. They'll have Ryan 
Rosillo on Thursday, but they're Adam Stanko and uh, Noah Kozlov do a really nice job going back and forth. Um, if you're kind of a national podcast guy, I think you'll enjoy that one. A little bit out of the old uh, open the floor style show on Tuesdays and then long form interview on Thursdays. All right, so let's dig into the thunder a little bit. Really guard heavy. Hard to watch. They, they've only played three or four games, and so it's really interesting for the Jazz coaching staff because when I was trying to prep them a little bit and look at them, Shea Gilgis-Alexander had a really good preseason and was, you know, uh, I think he averaged in the preseason 19 points, four rebounds, and five assists, but hard to get a full vibe on really what you think this team is, who they are uh, from their preseason games. They they played a kind of a limited preseason schedule would be the first thing I would say, and then Chris Paul played a limited preseason schedule uh Chris Paul and Mike Conley by the way are matching up for their 29th regular season game CP3's average 17 and 11 Conley's uh average 14 and 5 against them both of them shot 44 percent Conley shot better last time these two guys matched up Conley had put 35 on Chris Paul in fact Conley's gone for 30 in three of the last five matchups Against Chris Paul. Interesting little note there. Um, so Chris uh, Conley's gone for 30 and three of the last five. By the way, if you want notes throughout the day, Twitter, Locked On Sports, and also my Instagram at DLock09. I'll be posting um, little updates for you throughout the day on my story. So that's DLock09. And then Ron Boone and I uh, will have some pieces for you as well. We're going to try a bunch of other things. Um, Danilo Gallinari is their primary scorer at 20 points a game. I mean, they played – Gallinari Gallinari played three preseason games. Chris Paul played two. So it's really hard to get a read. And then they got Dennis Schroeder. So I, I think this is going to be a guard-heavy team. You're going to see a lot of high pick and rolls, a lot of double staggers up high. Um for them with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, with Dennis Schroeder coming downhill. Schroeder dropped 40 on the Jazz two years ago uh, with Chris Paul. And and that's where the, what these guys are going to attack you with. Um, Schroeder had the 41 on eight, on March 20th of 2018, going 16 of 28, playing in the mid-range. Uh, he's really dropped the amount he goes to the basket. Schroeder has gone from 37% of his shots at the rim to 29, and then last year to 25. He's cut out a little bit of the long two. Um, last year was the first time he played shooting guard in his whole career, so we'll see how much he does that, how many minutes Chris Paul plays. Uh you know, Gilgis Alexander's interesting, 6'6", 181. I don't know where, we'll see where he is defensively. And he played 97% of the time last year as a point guard. So he's suddenly going to be playing off the ball, having to guard Donovan. Very different role, unless they put Terrence Ferguson there. But then who's, and put Gilgis Alexander and slide him over to Royce. And then Danilo guards Boyan. Will be interesting to see how they match up. And then you get the Steven Adams, Rudy Gobert matchup, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, and always is. Adams, you know, uh, still one of the great offensive rebounders in the game. This is hysterical, though. Last year, Steven Adams grabbed 1.9% of all defensive rebounds on free throws. Right. on. So every free throw miss last year, Russell Westbrook went and got. So 1.9% of all defensive rebounds on free throws. By, for Steven Adams last year, which is just incredible. 
Uh, the bench of this team is weak. Andre Robertson will not play. Nerlens Noel is their backup center. Abdel Nader, Deontay Burton. Burton played 32 games. Nader kind of played, is bounced around. He, played, he was the old 58th pick, played out of Iowa State. There'll be three guys from Iowa State in this game. Terrence Ferguson, who had the lowest usage rate of anyone in the NBA, will be asked to do more this year. Uh, he'll be, you know, suddenly taking Paul George's spot in the lineup. So that's, you know, who they are. It's hard to, you know, but it's not clear what style they play. I mean, I, I usually keep all these stats about types of style, and they ran their 29th in picks last year and all these. Kind of irrelevant. Just such a dramatically different team than they were a year ago. Last year, Paul George took 21 shots. Russell Westbrook took 20 Jeremy Grant took 10. So 51 of their top of their shots are gone. 50, their 51 of their 64 top shot takers are gone from this lineup. So uh, super hard to tell what the Jazz are actually going to see out of the Thunder uh, from that standpoint. Again, I talked about it a little bit in the last segment. Um, the thing I am looking for uh, from a Jazz standpoint is to watch rotations and watch patterns. I think tonight will will Quinn will be able to do what he wants to do. Tomorrow, Friday night against LA and maybe even Saturday in Sacramento, he may have to adapt a little bit because they're both so different in the sense that Anthony Davis is that big and and they posted him a ton uh, the other night, which I think is actually kind of strange. And then. Sacramento plays so fast, I do think there's a chance you're going to have to kind of alter the way you play. But tomorrow night, or tonight, I actually think we'll see the Jazz in the regular rotation that they desire. And so, I, I the things I'll keep an eye on is who's the scorer on the floor. Uh, Mike Conley, who's at point guard? How much? How many minutes does Donovan play at point guard? Uh, you know, Moody, I've said this all, year, all off season. Moody, to me, is the key piece that it allows the Jazz to have the flexibility. If Moutier can play 14 minutes a night of really solid, 15 minutes really solid, then that gives the Jazz the flexibility to do a lot of things. I mean, my dream world, frankly, would be to have Conley, Donovan, and Gobert on the floor together almost all the time. So if Conley's playing 32 minutes and those guys are playing 36, maybe there's a two-minute gap where... Donovan and Gobert on the floor, but I I would in my perfect world, I would I I would love to see it that Conley Gobert and Donovan play almost you know the first ten minutes together and then come back to play the final six together of the first of the second quarter and that they somehow play thirty two of their minutes together. Uh, probably Donovan and Rudy coming back at the eight-minute mark before Mike comes back, just giving in, and then use the second unit to let Moutier, Ingles, Bogdanovich, and Green divide up those possessions and see if that second unit can score enough is kind of how I would envision things, but I'm not the coach, and there's also every time I have an idea like that and I actually share it, which is usually a stupid idea on my part, to share something of that sort, I get a better thought from one of these guys that knows what's going on. But it will be so. I'm curious to see where they go, what they do with it. Um, I do think we'll see Roy start. Um, that kind of feels like where we're heading uh, throughout training camp. Though we also saw Jeff Green. I don't think it's going to be static. In other words, I think that Jeff Green may start against uh, L.A. and Sacramento um, because of Marvin Bagley and Anthony Davis, and that Jeff Green might start be, or Roy O'Neill might start because of Danilo Gallinari. I'm not sure. Um, I do think that there's a concern of having Jeff 
Joe Ingles or Boyan Bogdanovich have to guard power forwards for 82 games in 30 minutes a night um, that you could really wear them out uh, in that regard. So uh, that is kind of the, the breakdown. I want to talk about last night. The value of shot distribution actually worked in one game, didn't work in the other. Uh, but I have a little calculator I've got now that I throw in things on a very basic level. And then I thought there were some interesting notes on last night's game. So let's get that going uh, as well. Today's show brought to you by the store. It was so cool this weekend. My dad was in town. It was just the greatest. Um, he's like my buddy. Uh, he's just the best. He's 80, 80, right? Yeah. Just 80. Uh, and, um, oh my gosh, the, the workout he put in at 80, like balancing on the ball, like on one of those like physio balls or whatever they're called doing bicep curls and above head shoulder presses while just balancing on his knees on these balls. And I'm like watching going, okay, I can't do that. And I'm not your age. Uh, he's awesome. Anyway, uh, our first stop was to the store. We went to the Gateway store so I could have him try Locked On Mudslide ice cream. It was quite good. Leatherbeast, nice work on that. Super good. So the store has got three locations. Downtown at the Gateway, where if you're down there for lunch, you can just go grab any of their hot meals. They got deli sandwiches. It's great. I'll probably do that today. Uh, sushis as well. Plus, you can get the Mudslide cookies. Plus, they have the cold brew coffees in their... Uh, refrigerator for you plus they've got all the kind of downtown grocery store aspects to it that's just down at the gateway uh right on the same street as energy solutions right across in children's museum the original store 6200 south 20th east great neighborhood feel it's where the high school kids are helping the the older folks out to their car with their bags and all that kind of stuff and you just get that all the local aspect they in both places you have every local person trying you know selling their things in the stores uh, allowing it to happen and then there's the mini store which is at night south and 100 west so stop by grab your mudslide cookie get stop by the gateway store on your way to the ball game tonight if uh if you want to grab something there if you're down there for lunch today i'll probably see you that's the store 600 south 20th east gateway downtown and also at night south and 100 west so last night and i you know one of the big questions that i have about where we're going in the NBA is whether where uh, where are the is the trend of shooting and shot distribution going to go even further? I guess is what uh, I tried to spit out right there, and you know, or have people you know, it's been uncomfortable for coaches to push it this far. And I do think we're going to see, I felt this way last year, we're going to see a break where those coaches that are comfortable with it keep pushing it and those coaches that are uncomfortable with it, well, we've gone far enough. I think it's going to be interesting and I think it's going to be really big advantage. So last night, uh, the Toronto Raptors took 49% of their shots at the rim against New Orleans, which is a, and 35% of their shots as threes. So they only took 16% of their shots as mid-range shots last night. 84% of their shots were smart shots. That's an incredible number. Last year, the percentage of smart shots that led the league was 82% by the Houston Rockets. Then the Milwaukee Bucks at 79%. Then the Atlanta Hawks at 77%. And then the Utah Jazz at 75%. So the percent, and now there's some smart shots are better than others. So, you know, that's the next part of this is, you know, where do you rank in regards to, you know, points per shot and points gained offensively uh, that we talk about. So, but last night, that's a big, that's a big number. 
84% by Toronto. Now, New Orleans clearly seems to allow some of that with the um, whatever they're doing defensively, like not playing Derek Favors at all last night. He did, played at the, pulled at the 632 mark of the third quarter and then did not come back into the ball game until for about a minute of overtime. Um, he didn't seem like he was moving with great agility, but he didn't seem like he was labored either uh, the way he was moving. So we'll see whether or not Faves, you know, what happens with him. But that was a bad indicator of how Alvin Gentry views Derek Favors uh, for the season. Uh, last year, New Orleans was... Um, Shots, they were 23rd in defending shots at the rim, and I'll have to look at what they were about allowing them, but they've always been been a lot. But last night was ridiculous that they allowed 49% of Toronto's shots at the rim. I don't think there'll be many teams that do that. The flip side is that Alvin Gentry and New Orleans took 31% of their shots as mid-range, so that's a lot. So that kind of leads me to believe, you know, a little bit of what I'm saying, that you have... um, this one team that's not, you know, this coach is not totally. Last year, Toronto was 22nd in the league at allowing shots at the rim. Or excuse me, New Orleans was. So that's, you know, that was, in in that game last night, now the other game's going to flip. If everybody had just made the average amount of shots based on where the shot distribution was, the Raptors would have won that game by five points. In an overtime game, to have a five-point advantage on shot distribution, is mammoth. Like, I would argue that's why Toronto won. Now, in the Clipper game, really what happened was, don't you love it? It's the Clipper game now. Uh, The Clippers hit an inordinate amount of mid-range shots last night. They went 10 of of 16 on long twos, 15 of 25 on mid-range. Both these teams took about the same amount of mid-range shots last night. So the percentage in that game was 71%. So that's low, right? So if we go back to 71% of all of your shots being smart shots, and last year, you would have been ninth, well, not that low. You would have been ninth in the league. So actually, that's not that low. Um, thought it was, thought, so the average team in the league last year was 68%. We'll see where that number is. I'm going to guess that number is in the 70s. And I think you're going to have to be in the 80s to be a league leader this year. So I think the trend is going to continue. The discrepancy last year was pretty big. So Houston was the top team at 82% of their shots were smart shots. Smart shots are at the restricted area or threes. The bottom team in the league last year was at 63%. So there was a 20 percentage gap between the Minnesota Timberwolves last year and the Houston Rockets. Minnesota is not going to be that team this year. right? They're going to they're gonna come up with the rest of the group. Actually, San Antonio, by the way, is the outlier at 52.8. I wasn't counting them because they were actually so different than everybody else. So there's a 30% difference. But San Antonio was a total outlier last year. They were 10 percentage points, 10 percentage of their less than everyone else in the league at taking uh, smart shots. It was kind of crazy. So I just thought that was interesting last night on shot distribution. The Clippers look great without Paul George. Put it on the Lakers in the fourth quarter who looked tired. Lakers only scored 17 points in the fourth quarter last night. Uh, Anthony Davis is so brilliantly talented. Um, the, but I just always feel like there's just another piece. I, he doesn't run the pick and roll well. He doesn't have a, when he goes one-on-one defensively, he's awesome. 
He had to guard Kawhi for a few possessions. I just, he's so good. I just feel like there's something lacking in what he brings to the table. Just, that, that's my feeling on Anthony Davis. I've always felt the same way about him. I understand how brilliant he is and how great he is. I just always feel like there's something lacking. By the way, Jazz tickets are still available for tonight. They're not sold out. So utahjazz.com if you want to uh, get some get some tickets. There's also some other great deals coming up this week. So if I could tell you about those for a moment. Uh, what's coming up uh, Saturday? Um, there's the tip-off playoff, that tip-off pack I've been mentioning, which it includes the game for $10.30, $115. You get the Clippers, who look great, the Wolves on the 18th, and the Lakers on the 4th for $115. Uh, that also includes uh, early watch on 12 Fort to go watch that one. Um, and then uh, mini plan tickets are available at utahjazz.com or call 801-355-DUNK. 801-355-DUNK. All right, we'll do it tonight. It'll count. Follow me throughout the day at DLOCK09 on Instagram. Ron Boone and I will be there for you. And also uh, feel free to jump aboard and join me at Locked On Sports on Twitter. Have a great day. We look forward to bringing it to you on the radio tonight. This has been Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.